time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, July 24, 2021. Thank you for joining us here on the program. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. My dear guest... I am Mr. Boyd. Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> Welcome to the show at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things that we think you need to know, all the things going on of which you need to be aware. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about limited government, lower taxes, and all the various things that mean more freedom. More freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we, the people, ladies and gentlemen, as your government gets bigger, your freedom to maneuver gets, by definition, smaller. And uh, it's getting smaller by the day, in case you have been measuring. You know that if you don't, it is getting smaller because your government is getting bigger. We've got a country to save, and it starts right here on the local level, right here in the studio, right there in your car, right there in your kitchen, wherever you are listening. Uh, wherever you are, that's where it starts as you are uh, raising up your little crumb crunchers to be good freedom-loving patriots or whatever you are doing, teaching your grandchildren, teaching your neighbor through uh, a cup of coffee. Uh, whatever you are doing, however you are spreading the message of uh, freedom, that's where it starts. So join us as we help you get your Saturday morning going. Joined, as always, here in the studio today by the apparently not well-rested, but ever chipper, <laughs> Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you? I couldn't sleep at all last night. Man, that's a, that should be a new clip. Uh, freedom for everyone. You know, you were fantasy islanding, and then and, and freedom for everyone. Freedom that's a, for all my guests. Yeah, that's... Let that be, let, freedom is our natural state, Glenn. Yeah. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You are endowed by your creator to be free. You yep. are not endowed to be a slave. Nope. Keep that in mind. What's going on? I didn't mean to take your No, everything's under. great. I just, um, uh, the, <laughs> there's a lot going on in the uh, HCGOP right now. Oh, man, what a news week we yeah. have had. What a news yeah. week. By the way, we have a major problem here in the studio, Glenn. And I'm, oh, I'm, what's let, that? Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Coffee? Yeah, I'm, I'm for the first time in recorded history, in two years in doing the show, I'm doing the show, I'm doing Saturday morning coffee, Less. Sans Cafe this morning. Wow. So, without um, coffee. Well, during the break, you can go well, ahead. And yeah, well, I'm not sure that qualifies as coffee, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll give it our best shot. But yeah, it was uh, this morning. The coffee machine usually just brews coffee in the morning because I set it to brew. Uh-huh. It did not brew this morning, and I realized I hadn't set it at all. I just yeah. didn't. I didn't set it at all last night, <laughs> and so didn't set it up and didn't set the timer. And so I got up a little late this morning, hit the snooze button a couple of times too many. And so got down to the kitchen. Ah, I don't have time to fool with that. 
I'll grab some coffee on the way. That was the plan. Of course, got distracted getting ready, getting my stuff together, doing a last few reads before mm-hmm. the show, the last few, last, last few minutes of show prep. And I looked down at my watch, and I'm like, how did it get to be 640? Uh, and I'm like, I got to get in the car. Yeah, you do. And then, yeah. uh, and then uh, I got to the Duncan on the way north on 17 Bypass. There's a line. I mean, 640 yeah. Saturday morning, there's a line. So anyway, I am doing Saturday morning coffee. With water this morning, folks. It may, uh, not, may not be good. May not let's be a talk good about thing. a line real quick. Yeah. I was in Walmart last night at about 8.30. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had, to, I had to purchase some things with Carol. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That place was out of control. The lines. I must have been in line for at least a half an hour. Really? Honestly. It, it was a mess. Yeah. Um, Tourist traffic. Well, and, and honestly, we made that mistake. And yeah. um, you try to save a few bucks by hitting. And you know you'll find pretty much everything you need at Walmart. But uh, we did not find cilantro. Friday night, Friday, so I still have to go yeah. to Lowe's Food on the way home to get some cilantro. So. Friday night's generally not a good time no. to uh, to go to Walmart no. or any grocery store around here for that matter because everybody coming to town for the weekend, obviously, yep. stocking up. And uh, Saturday mornings also can be a disaster. Well, and the help is not there anymore, just like I, we talked about in some of the local hardware stores, um, you mm-hmm. know, the home improvement stores. The help is just not there. Yeah. They just don't have the help. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we're, we're running into that again and again. We went to a restaurant. Oh, we had, we're having a lunch yesterday, and they, I wanted to sit outside. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, Mr. Boyd, sorry. We just don't have the staff. We, we barely can staff the inside. So, right. you know, you can, we can give you some food, and you can take it outside, right. but you, we can't serve you outside. We, we actually saw that. We went to a restaurant. Um, what is it? A Japanese steakhouse right there by, um, uh, at the mall um, right next to... That steakhouse, I can't remember. But anyway, the outside was not open. Yeah. But it was too warm out there anyway. We, yeah, we like sitting hot. at we like sitting at the bar yeah. and enjoying the company of mm-hmm. each other and eating good food. And last night was a sushi night. So. so with envy in my eye, I ask you, what is your cough cafe du jour? Oh, I um I am at Starbucks French Roast this morning. Starbucks French Roast. Mm-hmm. We got a Starbucks story in the in the in the stack today. Hopefully we'll get to that. The woke uh, the woke uh, Climate at Starbucks, catching some uh, some news, uh, some print space from the Epoch Times. Andy Thompson said uh, he checked in on the PCRScomputers.com text line. He said, uh, no coffee, uh, Pepsi, no Coke, yoke. No Coke, woke. That's right. Woke. I'm sorry. No yeah, Coke, it was woke, woke not yoke. Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely correct, Andy. I'll, uh, we'll actually uh, talk about that a little bit. Um, and so we invite you guys to join the show. A few of you checking in on the PCRX Computers. Dot com text line 843-903-2945 is the call-in line if you want to be on the show. You can, of course, text your comments uh, to us anytime on the aforementioned PCRXcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. For those of you who are digitally impaired, that is uh, 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments to the show. The Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. Email your comments to us if you like. Also, those uh, email address, or excuse me, those emailed comments can be sent to Reese Boyd SMC. That's Reese Boyd SMC at gmail.com. Heard from a few of you uh, this week. Terry, thanks for reaching out. Had some questions for me, some uh, some show questions and some legal questions. Always enjoy hearing from our listeners here. Got to meet a few people on Tuesday. Yeah. I, I met Cadillac Gary. Good morning, yeah. Gary. Um, Had a great time at Liz's uh, birthday party. Yeah, got to see some of Gary's 
uh, nice cars. He showed me some pictures. Yeah. So Cadillac Gary has got a uh, really nice Cadillac. He's got a nice Cadillac. Mm-hmm. I met Lisa, the football mom. Right. right. And uh, so it's nice to put a, a face with uh, names that we know so well at these events. And uh, also invite you guys to check in anytime you need, uh, want to chat, have questions. Some of you like to call during more normal hours. That's uh, at, You can catch me during business hours at the offices of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. That is the day job. That number is 843-839-9800. That's 843-839-9800. But we've got uh, a great show coming up for you here on Saturday Morning Coffee a little bit later in the second hour. Chris Neely is going to be joining us. Chris is the superintendent of the South Carolina Statewide Public Charter School District. We've got some charter school news to share with you. And then in the second half of the second hour, we're going to be talking to uh, Representative William Bailey, who's going to be joining us here in the studio. Uh, Representative Bailey represents uh, the northern end of the county in the House of Representatives, excuse me, in the State House of Representatives. And so he's going to be joining us here on the program to give us a little legislative update. update. All that and more keeping you in the know and current here on Saturday Morning Coffee. So stick around. We'll be right back. He's teaching us a better way. We got all the friends that money can buy. So we never have to be alone. And we keep getting richer, but we can't get our picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.20 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, July 24, 2021. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee, the first coffeeless Saturday morning coffee in history for your host. But nonetheless, we're uh, we're, we're chugging along. It is uh, a semi-beautiful day on the uh, Grand Strand. We've got a decent-looking day ahead of us, I think. Yeah. So uh, Hot. Hot. You mentioned it's, Humid. it's funny. We've got a few of you checking in already on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Dave checking in saying, Dave, is a uh, your coffee is the priority. Being late is okay. That's, what Dave, that's, yeah. that's great, except the show starts yeah. with you yeah. or without you. Hey, I would have done just weather would, all morning. Done, you would have done just Yeah, we fine. would have talked about the smoke, uh, yeah. the jet stream filtering yeah. in from the Midwest. And- uh, climbers checking in. Ken over in Conway uh, checking in saying, Saturday morning water just doesn't have uh, the same ring to it. He's yeah. right, Andy. Uh, also checking in with his comment that you mentioned earlier, uh, Pepsi, no Coke, woke, or something along those lines. Hey, just to, uh, because of the weather and the smoke, yeah. this is a great time. Grab your cameras, your cell phones. There's some beautiful pictures of the moon rising, the moon setting, the sun rising, the sun oh, yeah. setting. You can actually look at the sun as a disc and not just this bright ball. It's so filtered. Um, this morning, the moon was 
full and almost not visible. Yeah, I noticed the on the way in, the sunrise, particularly beautiful this morning. And mm-hmm. it, it has something to do with the wildfires in the west. Oh, yeah, right? it's all the smoke that hit the jet stream being dumped on the Carolinas and Georgia yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. so the, the um, sunrise this morning, particularly... Um, Particularly uh, pretty. I um, On Andy's comment on the text line, Andy Thompson checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line said, uh, no Coke. It's funny. We I was thinking about this last night. We do not buy Coke in our house. We never, I do now, not. Now, part of that's just a health thing because right. we know putting a bunch of soda in your kids' bodies is not a good thing. But particularly after the Georgia thing and, mm. and their, you know, their belief that, uh, you know, Coke mm. thinks – Showing an ID to buy a beer is perfectly okay, but me asking you to show an ID to vote is somehow infringing upon, is, is taking us back to Jim Crow. Right. And so as long as Coke is woke, uh, I'm not buying any more Coke products. They're not getting any more of my money. I actually looked up who, which, uh, which manufacturers do can't make Canada Dry and Schweppes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually in the same family, but it's not owned by Coke. Not owned by Coke. So I, that, those are safe. And, yeah. of course, you know, when you're looking for mixers, what's the alternative? It would be Pepsi. Pepsi product. You know, uh, yeah. to mix with something. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, folks, where you spend your money really does matter. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Tom Heron's got a show here on the station Up With America. He talks about this often. He's not spending his money on uh, the NFL. Nope. Not spending his money on Major League Baseball. By the way, say goodbye to the Cleveland Indians. We mm. now have the Cleveland Guardians. I wonder what they're guarding. That's going to be an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting chance. Go Guardians, go! I mean, it's a little, little tough, don't you think? A little long, on, little long in the tooth, but nonetheless, <laughs> it'll be go Guardians, go uh, at the Cleveland Indians Stadium, stadium uh, in the upcoming season. So all these companies that are undoing American culture and, and also threatening our uh, social and legal fabric through their woke uh, in, in, incentives. And we're going to get to Starbucks, too. I mean, I'm struggling. You know, I, we're a show about coffee, and I love to sit down at Starbucks and enjoy a cup of coffee. But I'm really struggling with whether I want to send any more of my dollars um, to the Starbucks empire. And that's really what it comes down to. Where do, you, where do you want to send your money? So the funny thing is my children were at church camp this week. And because we never buy Coke products, we never did because of really health reasons. We very seldom bought soda. And then after the Georgia thing, eh, no, Coke's getting none of my money. So I make it a point at the office anywhere not to purchase Coke products. And um, my son from church camp sent me a message this week. He said, Dad, guess what I had for breakfast? And I said, what would you have for breakfast? He said, soda. And I said, you had soda for breakfast? He said, mm. yeah, Dr. Pepper. And so mm. <laughs> I said, well, that's, a, that's a healthy breakfast. So, yeah, it's, uh, so they, their uh, holiday is, uh, is a soda. But, you know, we spend our money, we vote with our dollars. And where you vote with your dollars, you get more of the same. Whatever those companies are doing, that's what you're going to get more of. So we've got to find places to spend our money. We have another thing that we do which is to occasionally, we like every summer, we try to take in a, a major league ballpark. Mm-hmm. And we went to Wrigley Field. You know, we went to Fenway. Uh, COVID kind of interrupted that. But my son and I, we, we or the family, particularly recently, we have a thing. We go to a major league ballpark every summer. Or we try to. And now I'm thinking, I just don't, going to a major league ball game at the moment, just I don't like all this woke propaganda. I think they're short-sighted. I think yeah. these companies are very short-sighted. Um uh, the only hope is that they change their ways and they get some back some of it. But, you know, once somebody leaves, goes away, it's really hard to get them back yep. as a client. 
It's tough. It's tough. And I feel like they're interrupting. I think the Cleveland Indians thing is just a, is a disaster. But we're undoing our culture. We're doing undoing the country. The, all the things that we have taken for granted in this country, folks are, you know, working hard to undo. And uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's beyond frustrating. It's, it's uh, sad to watch, but we have to continually do everything that we can do to stand up for what we know to be right and what yeah. we know to be true and what we know to be uh, the culture and, and, and the, the values that have made this country great. So right. that's uh, really all we can do. Now you lived in the Washington area. I yeah. lived in the Washington mm-hmm. area, Montgomery County, pretty, pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the biggest county in, in Maryland. Um, I, I've never seen the political arena uh, in Maryland, like it is here, this this is amazing. What I'm seeing here, I it's to me it blows my mind. What, what, the drama in what? Oh, the, you mean the drama? Are we oh, talking, yeah. Are we back to the HCGOP? I'm sorry, I I, I diverse, but uh, yeah, it's it's on my mind. Um, yeah, well, it's been a it's been a a, a pretty uh, constant source of fascination in uh, in in this most recent news cycle we'll get to that I, well actually we know what's going to get to it you know it's funny i you mentioned that speaking of dc when i lived in dc nick i um i went to a, a function and i will not say um i will not vouch for the facts of this story okay uh but i went to an event where there was a, one of the individuals attending was a former uh, a retired general who uh now works for actually i think at the time he was no he was all he was he had retired he was a general, and he was working as uh, he works now as a consultant for the Department of Defense. And one of the things he, he he shared, we were sharing, you know, war stories over the course of the evening. And he talked about in his the younger days of his career, I guess it was maybe in the seventies or the eighties, that he had been at a weapons demonstration in D.C. And this all ties, I'll, I'll get, this ties back into the O'Ree County GOP. Actually, I was, this was the intro into that segment. Okay. And you've just, you've, you've skipped ahead a couple of blocks. Sorry, but, man. But that's fine. We'll, 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 we'll roll with it. And so he was telling the story. He said, you know, they were, it was a, it was a mobile artillery system that they were going to be in, um, demonstrating. You okay. know, it's one of those situations where the, the, uh, weapons folks, uh, bring the army brass and a few congressional, you know, the people on the armed services committee, they bring them out and they've got bleachers set up at the testing, the proving grounds, and they're going to show them how these weapon systems are just going to kill people on the battlefield, you know, kill right. the bad guys on the battlefield. It's going to be a huge, massive, it's going to be huge, you know, as the, as the president would say. And, and so they were having this uh, display, one of the systems in the, in the thing, and they thought they had obviously taken every reasonable precaution, but one of the systems malfunctioned. And in the course of the malfunctions, one of them uh, partially collapsed, one of the mobile launchers of these systems partially collapsed and it and when it collapsed you know the missiles were 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 they were you know hot rounds they were firing off they were supposed to go in an opposite direction they were going everywhere oh wow yeah and so things were exploding they actually blew up part of the testing ground where they were actually where where the where the military people running the test that mean they had to run people literally running for their lives i mean they actually i think they they actually had some shrapnel hit somebody's car wow so it was a it was a complete disaster, mm-hmm. complete disaster, and so people the the bleachers are emptied, the congressional staff members, everybody's literally running for their lives, and uh, the one of the generals who was in attendance, they're all sitting there around the the smoldering debris after the dem- the demonstration is over, and he, he said he said Reese, it was like the Fourth of July, I mean there was just explosions everywhere, and he said it literally looked like the Fourth of July on the Capitol Mall. And mm. they're all sitting around commiserating about th- this is the end of their career. 
Right. And their, right. Their, yeah. their, their weapons, <laughs> whatever, procurement, whatever role they played, whether they were the engineer working for the uh, defense contractor or they were, they were in the weapons procurement or wh- whatever they were, their career was over. They're all sitting around there. They're commiserating and the smoke's going up. And the, one of the generals walked up to them and he put, their, he put his arms on their shoulders. And he said, I just, I just want you to know, I know you, I know you boys are disappointed right now, but I just want you to know. That was one hell of a show. <laughs> that was one hell of a show. So, yes, the HCGOP, to tie this back to what we were talking people about. People are running. Yeah, people are running <laughs> running from the bleachers. Yeah. But over the last few uh, weeks, it has just been one hell of a show. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll get to that. It has been one heck of a show. We'll talk about it. It's uh, your Ory County Republican Party, much in the news. We'll talk about that and a lot more. Uh, you want to roll to a break? Yeah, yeah let's that. let's roll to yeah. a break. We're at about eleven minutes, so folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. All that uh, Republican hijinks and much more to get to here on the show. And of course, we've got uh, Chris Neely and William Bailey going to be joining us a little bit later on. So stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our very important sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Die. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Powell Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times? Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Right, stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing like an awful daily and nightly. Will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll go to the extreme. I rock a mic like a band, light up the stage and wax a jump like a candle dance. Caress the speaker that booms, I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. So finally love it to leave it, you better gain weight. Better hit fools out of kid, don't play. If it was a problem, I would solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.35 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us. Just before the break, uh, we were talking about the recent uh, numerous items in the news about uh, the Ory County Republican Party and various things going on within the party and uh, other, not just here in Ory County, but other areas of the state as well. And yeah, it's just the hits keep uh, coming, Glenn, as you were saying, for the Ory County Republican Party on uh, 
I guess it was uh, July 21, the Sun News published an article noting that the new Ori County GOP leaders sued for defamation after an altercation at the Rock the Red event. Of course, the Rock the Red event occurred uh, all the way across the state in Greenville. Mm-hmm. But uh, nonetheless, a, a few of the leaders of the Ori County Republican Party were there. And uh, the article in the um, Sun News by... Dale Shoemaker noted at the Saturday morning at the Saturday at the Saturday morning at the Saturday festivals of the Rock the Red Republican Party event in Greenville were down winding down last month. Of course, this was published on July 21. Matthew McDaniel decided he had something to say. According to the lawsuit McDaniel filed this week, he approached the stage where former national security advisor Michael Flynn had been speaking and reached for a microphone, which he describes in his lawsuit as a public microphone. He, uh, called for a toast to Flynn, then started to speak, uh, General Flynn, and started to say various disparaging words about uh, Flynn. Various attendees at the event then decided to, uh, to uh, restrain uh, Mr. McDaniel, which they, which they did. Other uh, folks got involved. It was uh, a little bit of a, <laughs> it was a little bit of a, a, a whipping, we'll call it, and uh, he was escorted uh, from the premises. Then, uh, surprisingly, uh, frankly, um, there was a, a, a lot of attention, obviously, to the event. Um, the, according to uh, what the Sun News published following uh, the incident, South Carolina uh, Republican Party leaders, including HC GOP Chairman Roger Slagle, Ori County GOP Vice Chairman Jeremy Halpin, Ori County GOP State Executive Committee Woman Tracy Beans Diaz, um, and my SCGOP leader, Presley Stutz, released statements about McDaniel and what had happened at the event. In the statements, leaders defended uh, Chad Caton's intervention. Caton, formerly of this, uh, having a show on this station, described uh, uh, his uh, actions, described McDaniel as Antifa, which is a shorthand for anti-fascist activist. Uh, said McDaniel had a weapon. McDaniel, in his lawsuit, claims these events, uh, these statements are not true. Uh, McDaniel now suing Caton Slagle, Halpin, Diaz, Stutz, and other South Carolina GOP figures, mm. including a blogger, for assaulting him at the event and defaming him afterwards, according to the lawsuit uh, which was filed Monday in O'Ree County Common Pleas Court. And, you know, one of the things I say, I say this about, I'll say this about any complaint. You know, never take the complaint as gospel, obviously. Right, right. Uh, there's always another side. There will be other sides. There will be uh, other uh, documents, obviously, filed in this litigation. But the interesting thing, uh, I say it's interesting, I say that loosely, uh, you know, the fact, the, the troubling fact here is why did the HCGOP intervene at all mm. in, in making any statement about this event? The event happened in Greenville, really had nothing to do with O'Ree County, aside from the fact that some of the leaders were there. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing, the event that happened in Greenville, if it had been 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, Glenn, that probably would have been the end of it. Right. But we live in an age where mm-hmm. you go to these events and or, or any event, really, even I mean, every almost everything, right. even your local county Republican Party meetings. Everything is being videotaped. And so the same night that this thing happened, um, everybody knew what happened. It was broadcast uh, around the state. People were forwarding video. The video was published on several blogs. Right. So 
the for whatever reason, uh, the county party, the Ori County GOP, decided to release a statement with various statements that are now being challenged in court. My question is, is just simply this. Why did the HCGOP need to wade into it to begin with? Okay, you know I'm not involved in any of this. I don't. No. And, and, I, and, I really and in just, full disclosure, in full disclosure, I am. I, right. I ran for chairman, as I think everybody who listens right. to this program knows. I, my question is, there was no weapon involved. They, yeah. they some, I did hear right mm-hmm. after it happened that he had a weapon yeah. uh, and that he was arrested. Um, I don't believe he was. Um, not to my knowledge. My question is, uh, and it's purely innocent, guys. Don't come after me for this, but there were no charges filed against anybody. Uh, Chad was not charged with assault. Not to my knowledge. So no, I, 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 I question why this is even happening. Well, yeah, uh, exactly. It's it's uh, what you call, um, you know, a firm hand on the tiller, as I like to say, yeah. will we'll keep an organization out of trouble, and. You just kind of wonder why the uh, my plan, I had several people come to me, say, hey, we would like for you to run for chairman. If I was chairman of the Republican Party, my, my plan was, look, let's just ro- there is a lot of infighting. Mm-hmm. I had people say, well, we don't know if we can trust you to hold these people accountable. We will hold people accountable. Um, we're looking for people who are genuine conservatives, who believe in limited government, who believe in, in, in shrinking the size of government, shrinking the tax burden, uh, releasing uh, personal responsibility and individual liberty, we share those values. Right. And so those are the people that we want to be involved in the Republican Party. And do we have a few people in the party who are okay with government getting bigger, government growing in ways that we, don't, we shouldn't want it to grow? Um, spending money that we don't need to be spending, raising your taxes in ways that we don't need to be raising your taxes. We shouldn't. We take a lot of money from people. And so the the, the big picture um, items, Glenn, I think we, we mostly agree on. The, the the problem that we have in the Republican Party is we're fighting a lot over personalities. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're doing things that do not contribute to the mission, that do not ultimately accomplish anything except make the Democrats happy. We got a lot of people in the Republican Party who are doing the work of the Democrats. And, and you know, it takes a it takes a seasoned judgment to figure out kind of what an organization needs to be doing, what it doesn't need to be doing. But the uh, bottom line is the, the GOP in O'Ree County really had no business making the statement, whether the statement was completely true or completely defamatory or somewhere in the middle. It really doesn't matter. I mean, right. it does matter ultimately, obviously. But it just shouldn't have been. It, it should not have been done. This follows closely on the heels, as uh, as uh, the article in the Sun News points out. You know, we've we've it, as I said, the hits uh, just keep coming. McDaniel's lawsuit. This back to the Sun News is the latest controversy for the Ori County Republican Party in recent months, following a censure of South Carolina Republican Party Drew McKissick, a rocky reorganization process in the spring, referring to the county convention that happened in april accusation that past leaders misspent party funds uh things we've talked about on this program before and a censure of tom rice in january after he voted to impeach former president donald trump following the violent insurrection in the u.s capitol building on january 6th that's the sun news words right. not mine um but yeah the bottom line is for instance the most recent thing is the before this lawsuit broke this week was the censure of Drew McKissick. And, you know, frankly, I knew what the meeting was going to be like. I didn't even go. 
I mean, I, I knew it was going to be just a, a, a sideshow. And, and so I said, look, I know what they're going to do. I didn't participate. The bottom line is if you want to censure Drew McKissick, uh, let's wait until he actually does something. We're, 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 we're talking about censuring the Republican Party chairman in South Carolina just based on something that he said. Right. Now, maybe he said some things that we don't agree with, but let's wait until he actually does something. And, Freedom and, of speech, baby. And frankly, all he said was if various elements of the party or counties within the party or groups within the party ride off the rails and, and go into crazy town, mm-hmm. uh, the Republican Party has no obligation to continue to to fund you, to send you its hard-earned dollars, which they do. They, they try to fund parties, but if they think the local parties have ridden off the rails and are going crazy, they don't have an obligation to continue to just pump. There aren't but so many dollars that the Republican Party has to spend. Right. And, they've, and they've done this before, frankly. We've had, we've had mass in, uh, I mean, we've had, we've had mass uh, paralysis in the Ory County Republican Party for at least two or three years now. So this is nothing completely new. Well, um, getting back to that a night in, in Greenville, uh, yeah. from the outside looking but, in. But let me just say this. Oh. So the, the Republican Party at the state level had already sent money elsewhere in Ory County. They've already done that in the past. When the, when the Republican Party at the local level becomes completely dysfunctional, you, you no longer become the, the, operati- the operative arm of the state party. They've done that before, more than once, is my understanding. Hmm. They did it here in O'Ree County because the O'Ree County Republican Party was, you know, completely dysfunctional under the, under the prior leadership. That's why several people came to me and said, hey, because I've been in the, involved in the party in the past. They came to me and said, hey, would you run? Would you consider right. running? But you were saying. Well, um, just back to that night in Greenville. You know, the first time I saw the video of uh, Chad, you know, taking the guy uh, down, um, the first time I saw yeah. the video, I thought the thing was over. There was a camera trained on Chad. Somebody so was, was videotaping. Yeah. I don't know. Or I'm, Somebody had set it up to capture the speaker. Uh, okay. I thought I didn't know it was probably on a tripod then. Yeah, I think it was. Okay. A but but it was, I, mean, there, I think there were there were multiple. It, it was shots. just odd to me yeah. that there, it was a, it was trained on on Chad. And then this happened. And from the very beginning, I thought. It was almost like it was set up, almost like a plant just to – but that was just me from the outside looking in. Yeah. Well, um, the, the point was the, the same night it happened, m- multiple video shots were passed around the state. And there were – so everybody knew what happened, and you can draw your own conclusions about yeah. what you think was justified or unjustified. But there was no reason for the HCGOP to yeah. wade into this. You yeah. know, the other, the other comment that I thought was, was interesting, um, there's a – reference in the uh lawsuit to um the MAGA wing of the party you know it's it's interesting that they're saying that the uh mcdaniel describes himself a former as a former lifelong republican who lost faith in the republican party um you know they're they're talking about this wing of the party that is doing these things the my scgop crowd they're calling them the MAGA wing of the party versus the prior um establishment wing of the party, which is really not accurate. You know, in the prior iteration of the O'Ree County Republican Party, you had one chair, you had co-chairman, co-chair people, one chairperson, uh, Druma Purdue, actually supported Trump. I, I think the other chairperson, uh, Ed Carey, really didn't like Trump at all, was probably, a, would call himself a never-Trumper if he was sitting here today. But that was part of the dysfunction of the Republican Party. But there are plenty of people uh, all across the Republican Party, 
who stand completely behind President Trump. Right. So we're all MAGA, you know. Don Bowne is the leader of Red Hats America. He's been passing out Red Hats since Red Hats were a thing. Right. And so, you know, we're all MAGA. I support President Trump. Jerry McDaniel supports President Trump. There are plenty of people in the in the Republican Party who vehemently support President Trump. But we're not into we're not into the takedowns. We're not into, you know, the 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 the, the craziness is where we draw the line. And we should. So Anyway, that's the semi-update on the Ori County Republican Party. The hits just keep coming. <laughs> we'll see what happens. There'll be more to come. There's a letter from the attorney that is suing the party. We may touch on that after the break, but we'll be right back. More Saturday morning coffee coming right back at you. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, this is Rob Clemens with Monarch Roofing. Monarch, we have a very stringent hiring process. We actually do multiple interviews. We do background checks for our employees. We want to make sure that the people we're sending to your house are professional, but also trustworthy. So it's very important for us that we also train those people. So even people that come in with a lot of experience, we're going to show them the Monarch way to do things. And so we actually have written training processes that we go through on every single employee. And then we do uh, weekly meetings to make sure that our people are constantly taking the best customer service techniques. If you just bring somebody in and you give them on-the-job training, they're only as good as the person that's doing the -the on-the-job training with. And so we took it back to the basics so that at the end of the job, the customer knows that they've got somebody that really understands how a roof goes down. I'm Rob Clements, Monarch Roofing. Reach us at 843-839-7663. That's 839-ROOF. And you can also find us on the web at monarchroofing.biz. That's B-I-Z. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.53 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. So just to wrap up the uh, incredible hijinks of the Ori County Republican Party over the last few weeks since the uh, censure of Drew McKissick. And, you know, like I said uh, about censuring Drew McKissick, again, I don't agree with everything that Drew says. But as I tell you know, when I talk to a jury and when I'm talking to a jury as part of a trial, I say, look, don't make a decision until we have all the facts. Mm -hmm. Let's get the facts and then let's make a decision. And the same thing would hold true to that proceeding or anything else. Let's make let's get the facts and then let's make the decision. Um, Don't rush out to censure somebody just based on something he said that was picked up in a newspaper. 
So, and it's more, again, all these things are incredibly divisive. Mm -hmm. All these things are pulling people apart. And as I have said many times, the Democrats, y'all, are just sitting back in the corner popping popcorn and laughing their royal entitled rear ends off Mm -hmm. because we're doing their work for them. We are destroying the Republican Party from within itself. And there are some people, oh, we got to destroy it. We got we to break it down. We got to get it down to the base level. Get all these rhinos out of here. We are destroying the Republican Party. We are doing the work of the Democrats. And my question is, if you are doing the work of the Democrats, then why are you here? The last little twist on the soap opera that is the Rock the Red event and this ongoing lawsuit is this week, just July 22nd, just a couple of days ago, all of us who are on the executive committee received a letter from uh, one Tucker player. Tucker is a lawyer in Columbia who represents uh, Mr. McDaniel, the gentleman who was allegedly assaulted. Allegedly, all suspects proven guilty are are innocent until proven guilty uh, in a court of law. I represent Matthew McDaniel. McDaniel initiated a lawsuit against your organization. This is a letter written to the executive committee members of the O'Ree County Republican Party. Mr. McDaniel initiated a lawsuit against your organization and several of its members on June, oh, excuse me, July 19, 2021. The primary reason the HCGOP was sued is the libelous statements that remain on your website, oreecountyrepublicans.org. Despite the video evidence published by numerous outlets, the official police report, and now a pending lawsuit, the HCGOP continues to pro- promote the lies of Chad Caton, Tracy Beans, Roger Slagle, and Jeremy Halpin, to the public on its website. If the statement remains on the website, we will begin suing every executive committee member individually as such actions constitute the adoption of or acquiescence to the lies contained therein. I find it truly remarkable that the statement remains after the public attention that this case has received over the last three days. Yada, yada, yada. He continues on and on. It's sort of a a threatening that says, basically, if you guys will... uh, Take the statement down, resign, I'll drop the lawsuit. But, Have the statement been taken down? Uh, not the last time I checked, no. Okay. As far as I know, the website has not been changed. And I, I'm hearing that the letter was sort of uh, laughed off. So we'll see what happens. Um, hmm. You know, suing individual EC members, uh, that is, that's a, that's, a, that's, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. But I mean, uh, they're probably all not involved with the website. Yeah. They're not. So um, anyway. It's a, it's an interesting situation. I believe we've got a caller who's been patiently holding. I think we've got Larry Biddle on the line. Larry, good morning. How are you? No, no, no. Hold on. You got to let me push the button. Push the button. Yeah. There you go. Push hey, the Larry. Button. How you doing, Larry? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, hey I've got the, I've got, hey, Reese. Yes. This is the Conway High School Triumvirate. want to mention something to you that really is so powerful. You remember Laura Lee Holiday, Conway High grad, class of 92? Yes. I graduated with That's, Teresa. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, hey, Laura. And, and then, of course, Reese Boyd, Conway High School grad. Yes. And Larry Biddle, Conway High School teacher and assistant principal. Yeah. We got a little, we got a little Conway Laura, High reunion going on. So what's going on this, this morning? Is, this is the tri- I'm calling it the triumvirate. Listen, yeah. here's, here's what I want her to talk about. I've got her on my phone so she can talk. Um, we, she's at Shiraw High School. She's an English teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, she does a survey class, and she she uses something called the Dunning Dash Kruger effect in for critical thinking. 
Laura, the stage is yours. Just share what uh, you're doing with that. And you've got 30 yeah. seconds. Larry, you got, Larry, you got a limited amount of time, so we've got to go hard break. Okay. But go ahead. Oh, um, well, with Dunning-Kruger, what we see, there are all types of cognitive biases that I include and integrate into the curriculum. But with Dunning-Kruger, what we see is that you have to have a certain amount of knowledge to be able to reflect on yourself accurately as to your own capability and ability to perform a task. Mm -hmm. So actually, the more confidence someone displays in an area may be indicative of a lack of ability. So we have to be careful that we don't substitute confidence as an indicator of competence. Guys. I hate to cut you off. Thanks for the comment. And we got to run. We got a hard break we're rolling into, but thanks for calling in. Y'all have a great day. And folks, stick with us. After these words, we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Crossborough Financial Services. Member FINRA Conservative alternative. This is 94.5 WTKN. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. The right choice for conservative insight. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour it is 807 on your saturday morning you've made it to the second bonus cup hour of saturday morning coffee i hope your second cup is better than my first cup because my first cup was not very good this morning but uh we're getting by i am joined uh here on the program this morning by our uh, good friend chris neely chris is the superintendent of the public statewide public charter school district which is based in columbia and serves charter schools all over the fair state of south carolina and uh, i've known chris for many years he's a dear friend and i also have been very um concerned and active in the charter school movement here in south carolina i've actually 
served on his board in the past, but uh, we didn't ha- don't have the pleasure of serving on it now. But uh, uh, keep in touch with Chris, and he likes to come on the show occasionally to give us updates on the uh, situation with charter schools in South Carolina, and we love to have him. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Reese. And uh, we were um, uh, talking, I think, uh, this week on uh, Liz's, uh, the morning show here on the weekdays, was talking with the lieutenant governor about uh, charter schools, and there's a lot going on in the charter school movement. And uh, tell us a little bit, for folks who don't know what the uh, public charter school district is, briefly explain what that is, if you could, just, just real briefly. Yeah, absolutely. The charter school district was created in statute in 2006 for the purpose of authorizing charter schools across the state of South Carolina. Prior to that, when the charter school legislation was created in the mid-1990s, only local traditional school districts could charter a, a charter school. And in 2006, that all changed. And it's really allowed for there to be tremendous growth across the state of South Carolina, and more educational choice in communities where where children didn't have an opportunity to get a school that met them where they are and helped them get them where they want to go, whether it be a good career in the workforce or Mm -hmm. go to college. Yeah, and I suspect, uh, Chris, most everybody by now knows what a charter school is, but for the handful of people who may not know what a charter school is, help us out there. What is a charter school exactly? I mean, it's kind of a magic word that we throw around, but... What's your definition? So a charter is a contract. It's an old term, you know, that we've we've been using in America. And it's a contract of establishing a local school. It's organized locally in a community uh, by a group of folks that want to create a new school of innovation that is specific to the needs of that local community. And then they apply for a charter application through the South Carolina Public Charter School District or one of the other two statewide authorizers, the Charter Institute at Erskine, or the new statewide authorizer that was just announced this week, Limestone College, their Charter School Association. So you apply for an application, uh, you have a local board, and you go through a process. If you're approved, uh, then you have, you know, a year or two to get established and start operations and start to provide educational services. But it's a public school. It's just a a different way of creating a school that meets the needs of local children. Yeah. It's, it's funded a little differently. We can talk about that. It's funded a little differently in the past. If you wanted to start a charter school, you had to go to your local school district or alternatively to the public charter school district after the charter law was adopted in 2006, creating your district. Now, then they added Erskine. Now we've added another authorizer. So basically this just gives more options, correct, for groups that want to start these charter schools? That's correct. I mean, this is the free market uh, at its best. I mean, you know, people have great ideas. They have an opportunity to choose a district that meets their needs, that matches the curriculum program that they want to offer. And so now we have three statewide authorizers that, that local leaders can choose from to make application. And so all three districts are going to be unique. Um, our, our big push right now is looking at those areas in the state that have opportunity zones that have been designated. There's 135 of those. Mm-hmm. And so those are the areas of most, that most need economic activity. They need good schools. And so that's our priority. And then Erskine's got their, their focus area. And then Limestone, of course, is brand new, but 
they'll have their focus area, but it gives people more choice. Yeah. Now I've, I've heard, I've read various reports that, uh, the, one of the results of the pandemic and all of the remote and distance learning that virtually, you know, all schools adopted for at least for a while, um, not every school, but many schools did, um, has really spurned growth on the charter side of the equation. Has that been y'all's experience at the uh, statewide district? That's correct. Charter schools saw an increase of enrollment by 25, 25% last year. And that was a direct result of parents feeling the empowerment to want to have their child um, in person for their educational needs. Many of the you know school districts, um, you know, remain virtual for a long time. <clears throat> Most of our schools, not all of them, um, you know, as you know, COVID was different in different communities. And because our schools are located all over the state, you know, some were virtual, but the majority of them were, were operational in person. And because we went in person, parents were making choices that said, look, I want to do this. But we also saw our virtual schools um, grow exponentially because yeah. – the traditional schools didn't have experience doing virtual education and charter schools have been doing it for years. Yeah. So we saw a huge influx into virtual charter schools as well. The bottom line is parents were empowered. They want more choices and they want a school that meets the needs of their child. Yeah. Well, you and I've said this many times. I believe, I firmly believe that education choice is one of the leading, if not the leading civil rights issue of our time and, and bringing, you know, multiple educational options to every child in, in South Carolina and across the nation. But we're focusing for the moment on South Carolina, but bringing those opportunities is, is the real, um, that's, that, that's the real battlefield of the moment. That's exactly right. I mean, we're, I think going to continue to see um, an explosion in terms of educational choice opportunities. And look, every parent should have an option for their child. <clears throat> Excuse me. If they want to go to their traditional school, they have every right. And, mm-hmm. and I grew sure. up in the public school system, and, and my wife was a public school teacher. So we're, we're big fans. Yeah. Okay. But if, if it's not what that parent needs or if it's a low-performing school in an area, um, well, then that parent should also have a right to send their child to a charter school. They yeah. should have their their child at a private school, parochial school, or, or an online school. There should be choices. Not I have three children. All three of my children learn differently. Mm-hmm. So so we should have schools that meet yeah. the kids' needs that are unique to them. Yeah. And, and I'm, like you, I'm a graduate of the, of the public school system here in O'Ree County, or I, I'm a uh, Conway High graduate, and I support public school. But I believe that where the schools are not succeeding, where they're not meeting the needs of the children, we have to let the dollars follow the children and we have to give those parents the freedom to make choices that are in the best interest of their children. You cannot, you cannot, you know, frankly sentence children to a substandard education because you're, 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 you're crimping their, their capacity for life when you do that. That's exactly right. I mean, the system, the traditional system we have now is 200 years old. Yeah. A lot has, a lot has changed. Um, in, in the United States. And so I think the more that we have an open market and give parents choices, you let the dollars follow the child. I mean, that's the way it really should be. Yeah. I mean, one, one system shouldn't get the money if they're no longer educating the child. The money should follow the child. 
And it's not to hurt the, 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 the system. It's just to make us all better. Competition is a great thing. It works. It works in our economy. It can work in education. And we also can do it without demonizing each other. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does work when we uh, when we get out of the way and let it work, I think. And uh, competition, that is. And uh, on budget issues are I know when I was on the board, Chris, that we, we funded on a per pupil basis. There was a statewide per pupil funding amount that that each charter school got. And I think there was some uh, there is a discrepancy because there's some local match or local funds that the charter schools don't get that the traditional brick and mortar. Where do we stand on? Um, where do we stand on funding equity in charter versus the traditional brick and mortar schools in the in the traditional public school districts, and 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 where where do we stand in funding charter schools? Yeah, so so charter schools are funded out of um, what's called EFA. Uh, traditional schools get a portion of that as well. There's a per pupil amount uh, that we get. So there's thirty six hundred dollars per child in person, nineteen hundred if it's a child that's uh, learning virtually. Um, and then because we don't get local tax dollars um, like the traditional school districts, the legislature at the conception of, of charter schools created a funding source out of what's called a proviso. It's a provision. And it's EIA funds. So the Education Improvement Act that was passed in the 80s under Governor Riley, there's a penny sales tax that's been in place since then. And we get a, a portion of that to help fund us. The problem is we don't get money for transportation. We don't get money for facilities. We don't get money for, you know, you know, most food programs. So we're having to always do it when arm tied behind our back. And I would say that we, on average, uh, our schools get about nine to ten thousand dollars per pupil between federal, state uh, dollars, and the traditional districts are are at least twice that. Wow. And so there's just a, a big difference in discrepancy. Now, yeah. I will say we have proven that we're able to have a high standard mm. and have high-quality schools and demonstrate great capacity and, and performance, yeah. um, even though we're funded at about half of what they have. Chris, we've got to take a quick commercial timeout. Can you stick with us through a break? Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a few more questions. Folks, we're talking to Chris Neely. Chris is the superintendent of the statewide public charter school district here in South Carolina. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. There is no doubt that South Carolina is smiling faces and beautiful places. The bad news is that we're not the only creatures who love it here, and the smallest ones are often the most annoying and the most dangerous. Mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and more. But there's very good news for people and very bad news for bugs. Mosquito Marys, protecting people just like you, your kids, and your pets with better coverage and low, low introductory prices. Say goodbye to bugs and say hello to Mosquito Marys of Myrtle Beach. Call 843-648-0343 or toll-free at 866-ASK-MARY or visit their website or Facebook page. Mosquito Marys of Myrtle Beach. 
Cats, Mosquito Marys of Myrtle Beach, specializing in getting rid of mosquitoes. Hi, I'm Todd Leggins with Mosquito Marys. Our service area is all of Horry County and the Grand Strand. At Mosquito Marys, we say, enjoy the outdoors again. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour it is 8 22 on your saturday morning thanks for joining us here on the program as we uh, continue our conversation with chris neely chris is the superintendent of the south carolina statewide public charter school district chris thanks again for joining us uh, on saturday morning coffee yeah good morning reese good to be with you um so we were talking just before the break there is a funding uh, discrepancy, Chris, overall uh, between the traditional uh, public schools, the school, the brick and mortar schools of our traditional public school districts, and our charter schools. What are there? Any things pending in the legislature or elsewhere? Anything going on working to address the funding issue for charter schools? Anything that folks need to know about? Yes, because of the twenty five percent enrollment increase that we saw this past year in charter schools in South Carolina. Um, it has stirred a, a, a good, healthy conversation in the General Assembly about the long-term sustainable needs of charters. If we're going to continue to grow the way we are, and we're, we're expecting that, I mean, we've got six new schools that are going to open their doors to children next month, um, then we're going to have to do something. We can't continue to be funded out of EIA funds uh, and the penny sales tax. It's just not sustainable, nor is it just good practice. The legislature needs to have predictability mm-hmm. and and so do we so you know getting us into budget having a line on the budget for charter schools is important we're working with leaders now in the house and senate we've got a study that's being commissioned and we'll get the study back early fall we'll sit down with leaders this fall and winter and and start to look at what are other states doing uh, where they have good solid funding for charter schools that we could adopt here in south carolina so I believe that's going to be part of the debate and conversation and hopefully action of this next legislative session that starts in January. That's what we need. We need that predictability. We need more resources. And I hope we can also have a conversation about, you know, the fact we don't get facility funding and transportation. We're out there renovating a closed-down IGA store, Piggly Wiggly. Um, It'd be nice if we had, you know, better facilities for our students in the same access to a high-quality learning environment as other school districts do. Yeah, I think you had mentioned something about an incentive that had been proposed for uh, increasing educational opportunity along the I-95 corridor, what has been called in some of our education litigation sort of the corridor of shame in South Carolina. Can can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, so uh, 
your listeners probably remember that U.S. Senator Tim Scott came up with the concept of what's called an opportunity zone, and it was areas where we took data, we looked at the, the areas where there was extreme poverty, there was no economic activity, and with, in 2017, the Opportunity Zone Act was, was passed by the Congress and, and signed by President Trump. And what it did was it gave investors, local business owners, the ability to invest in local businesses to create jobs, and then there were some, some tax protections for them. What we're looking at doing is doing our own kind of educational opportunity zone where we use those same zones, the 135 in the state of South Carolina, and more specifically, the ones along the I-95 corridor, along the PD, all the way down to South Carolina, the bottom low country. And we say, okay, look, we've got the opportunity zone locations. We know that we've got, you know, poor performing schools in those areas. Let's, let's talk about putting charter schools along the I-95 corridor and have the education opportunity zone be an opportunity for investors and, and people with money, business people, to invest in a charter school or a school of, of choice. It could be a private school, but then they would get a tax benefit. The money by them investing in the school would be used for facilities, transportation, technology, or food programs. I would. That's what I'm proposing is those four areas, but that's really where we have the greatest need. Yeah. Has any, has any bill been drafted or introduced, or is this still in the study phase? This is in the, the study and drafting phase. Uh, I don't see any reason why we can't do something like this. It makes sense. Yeah. It taps into the, the private sector and the private market. And, of course, if we can get education right along the I-95 corridor and raise up a whole other generation of learners, we're going to have a stronger workforce. Then that's going to attract more economic stimulus in those areas. It's going to attract business in the industry. It completely changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. Well, I believe education is the key to everything else, Chris. And we fix our education system and get South Carolina schools out of the bottom wrong and and into the you know let's shoot for the let's shoot for the middle of the pack and and but as we make progress there, everything else will uh, will start to uh, will start to improve. So, any any parting words you want to share with our uh, listeners, Chris? Well, I just want to offer that you know charter schools are on the move in South Carolina and across the, the entire country. We've seen the greatest growth uh, that we've ever seen in the 30-plus years of charter schools. And it's, it's a public school. It's an opportunity for a parent to have a program of learning and curriculum that's specific to the learning needs of their child. You know, we're diverse. Um, we're, we're, we're accomplishing great things when it comes to the state testing, the graduation rate. Um, I mean, we, hit, we we're above the state average on graduation rate. Yeah. So we're going to continue to strive. We're not perfect. We're still trying to we're still trying to get there. We're striving towards in that direction. But I just want parents to know there is another option yeah. if it's not working for your child. And if folks want to check out their options, I believe you can go to the uh, district website and, and look at the various brick and mortar and virtual schools that are out there within your district. Correct. That's correct. SCCharter.org is our website. I invite you to go there. You can learn more learn more about the South Carolina Public Charter School District. You can learn more about charter schools, and then you can see our portfolio of schools that are listed. Click on their link, go to their webpage, and get your child signed up today. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us, folks. It's uh, Chris Neely with the South Carolina Public Charter School District. Check them out at sccharter.org. 
We'll post a link to that on our social media pages. And, Chris, thanks for joining us. Have a great day. You too, Reese. Good talking with you. Thanks again. Come back anytime. Take care. Y'all stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. William Bailey will be joining us. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic, there's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Pyle Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times? Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. But it knows his way around, and the mazes of the underground are no match for him. But it looks just like a traveler who hasn't showered in a while and been living in the ground. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. Thanks for joining us here on the show. It is 8.33 on your Saturday morning. I also want to thank Chris Neely with the South Carolina Public Charter School District. Great interview. Always uh, love to hear from Chris. And and charter schools is is where it's at, folks. There is so much innovation occurring. I'm not saying that our traditional public schools aren't also doing great work, but there's a ton of innovation that is happening in the charter school space. So I encourage you guys to investigate that. Check out sccharter.org. Learn the schools that are out there. There are a lot of brick and mortar schools. There are also a lot of virtual schools that are also doing uh, some really great work. Um, COVID has kind of changed the way we think about education, how we think about that process. And there are a lot of ways, excuse me, that we can, can improve uh, in the way that we educate our kids, and, and charters are helping us figure that out. Right now, we're joined here in the studio by my good friend, Representative William Bailey. Representative Bailey, good to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's always good to have somebody in the studio with us. And you are a member of the South Carolina House of Representatives, just uh, into your second term, halfway through your second term. That's correct. And uh, they haven't run you off yet? They're trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good sign. If they are if they are trying to run you off, that means you are doing something. You're doing uh, a good job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> so thank you for your service. You, of course, are our former uh, public safety director for the city of North Myrtle Beach and decided to get into politics a few years back. And so how does it feel now that you've got a couple of terms under your belt? You, 
Well, you know, it, it's something I enjoy. I enjoy public service. That's why I reached out and to the to the constituents of my area. I wanted yeah. to serve them continuously. So it's, it feels good. Well, good. And I, and I want to thank you for your service in all seriousness because uh, I follow, you know, you and I don't speak all often, but I do follow the bills that, that I see you supporting, that I see you uh, advocating for. And, and you are a good, you are a solid conservative voice in the General Assembly and, and one you. of the people that are fighting the good fight. So thank, thank you, you very that. much. Thank you for that. What has been your, if you have one, what has been, say, your, your, your biggest accomplishment and your biggest frustration? Well, I, actually, there's two accomplishments that I'm very proud of in yeah. the General Assembly. Yeah. And, and first of all, we made some positive movement for the Second Amendment. It's not where we want to be, mm-hmm. but it's definitely in the right direction. Uh, it it was a it was a, a weak bill to start with, but when the, when our bill of open carry got over to the Senate and they added that uh, sanctuary state element to it, that was really a big win for the yep. Second Amendment in this state. Amen. Uh, the other thing is, is you know, definitely the heartbeat bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for the oh, Senate absolutely. and the House to come together and put that on the forefront of of politics in South Carolina, even though you know it's being discussed in the in the court now. To, the state is really aggressively trying to push it through. That's just a wonderful thing for the people of South Carolina, especially the children. Yeah, and and what people don't uh, realize is how many. I mean, the planets really had to align for for that bill. There were many years of hard work in the trenches uh, to get that bill, and then to see it be, you know, S one to see it not only to be considered. I mean, it was you know several years as as you well know that. We could we couldn't get a vote. Oh, we, absolutely. We, we couldn't get a vote on. It. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there had to be. You know, a lot of us were unhappy with some of the compromise we had to do to get there, but but that compromise was made. And like I say, at the end of the day, we made some huge progress on the pro life in this state. Yeah, a um, couple of well, we, those are your some proud your, some of your proudest accomplishments. What are some of your frustrations? If you can share oh, those, I'm sure, I'm sure there must be many of those as well. Yeah, there is a lot of them. But but when you look at what we try to do at the end of session when it comes to protecting the uh, women's sports, that mm-hmm. was very frustrating to a lot of us because we got there twice. We tried to push it, no pun intended, over the goalpost. Yeah. But but we we failed at that, and that's something that that we shouldn't have failed at. Women's sports should be protected. We fought long and hard to make that equality there. Mm-hmm. And for it to be risked through the environment and the cultures, changes that we're seeing throughout the country is, is just ridiculous. And that's not what South Carolina is. And I wish we would have got that passed or further further down the road at least. Yeah. Well, and, and some people have said, I've heard people make this argument, be curious to hear your thoughts. Some people have said, well, there really aren't, it's not really a problem in South Carolina and because we don't have that many kids that want to do that, that want to declare, identify as, I mean, and, and really, let's let's be just be candid. The the issue is biological males who choose to identify as females and participate in women's sports when they really aren't women, they, and then they have an unfair advantage. It's it's a ridiculous argument to say it's not a problem in South Carolina yet because it, you know we need to be out in front of it. Mm-hmm. We know it's coming. Yeah, it's it's something that we see in all over the country. So why not go ahead and, and, and fix the issue while we had the opportunity and don't let it become a problem here in South Carolina? I mean, exactly. If you wait until it's a problem, it's a problem. It's, it's too late. <laughs> right. You know, because then you have to you have to go back and undo things that have already happened. For example, I, I have spoken and, and I know the attorney that works with the Alliance Defending Freedom who is representing uh, Selena Soul and the other athletes that are from Connecticut. 
who are challenging the, the, the statute or the, or the situation in Connecticut. And in Connecticut, I think it's like 15 of 16, so virtually all statewide women's state track records at the moment, 15 of 16 of those are held by two individuals who are biological males who have chosen to identify as women and compete with women in, in on the women's side of the track and field events. It's, it's so, you, so it doesn't take that many. It doesn't take right. that many people that want to make the transition oh, to dominate a sport. Correct. So, yeah, I, it's destroying the whole process. I mean, those scholarships should be protected. That's the whole reason they were put in place. They were fought for for a long time, and it's a lot yeah. of progress that we made in that yeah. area. And we could just take it away just like that. And, and that, we need to stop that. And and everybody should care about that, in my opinion, because you may not be directly impacted. You may say, well, I don't have any – I've got no dog in that fight. But one day you'll have a daughter or a granddaughter. Somebody will be impacted in your family at some point by this change. And if nothing else, we're fundamentally redefining the way our society we, – we're talking about changing things that have been fixed uh, without any – you know, without much question at all for th- – thousands of years and we're just suddenly going to revamp it and say okay if you want to be a girl just tell us you're a girl and you're a girl no that follow let's follow the science resource what's amazing is is when you look at this you start hearing from the same groups that are desiring this change are some of the same groups that desired the equality in women's sports and now they've transferred their push to try to get this and it's it's just it's nonsensical as you attorneys like to say yeah it it, it's bizarre it's just (laughs) truly bizarre so if folks what can folks do i know you're on board with this but where where can folks direct their attention i'm and and i forget the woman's name she's from the upstate uh female representative she's been on this show she's the lead sponsor of the bill but uh and she's great and there are a lot of people who are working hard to push this bill in the General Assembly. But what can folks do to help make uh, this a success, to help make this bill see the light of day and, and get an affirmative vote? Right. I, I think what you need to do is you need to make sure that you voice your opinion and make sure your representative, whether it's the Senate or the House, understands that this is something that you want to be in place in South Carolina and not let it become an issue for our for our athletics. Yeah. And um, any other bills, any other frustrations, things that you would like to see happen that you haven't been able to accomplish? Well, you know, I'm I'm very active in, in different projects in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that we can do to start streamlining some of the process of getting these things done, I'm, I'm all for. Uh, we need to back up and reevaluate the processes of, of our government. Uh, DHEC is, is an organization that's out of control. I mean, it's we need to. They've got too much. It's, I wouldn't say out of control, but let's just say they're too big. I mean, they've mm-hmm. they got too many functions. It, it becomes dysfunctional because of so much, yeah. under, so much under their purview. Uh, DSS, my gosh, I got a bill in DSS that simply says that if if somebody is is addressed or, or a situation is taken up by an agent with DSS and there and there's just absolutely gross negligence on that agent's part, that a person should be able to hire an attorney to fight this whole process yeah. and the state should pick up the bill because it's just, it's just something right now they're exempt from. Mm-hmm. And we need to put that ability in a person's hands to be able to fight the system if it's required. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that is so true. Uh, William, because when government gets bigger and we said this very thing, we say this all the time and we said it this morning, I said it this morning, when government gets bigger, 
those people have to do something. And, and by doing something, they create rules, regulations, other hoops that we have to jump through. They, they make it more, clo- more costly to run a small business, more challenging to do whatever we do. It's like the bigger government gets, they get into our space. That's right. And, and we, we have to fill the General Assembly up with people like you who think government is big enough and it needs to get smaller. It needs to get smaller. Absolutely. Amen. We'll give you a, a ding for that. Any parting words you want to share with our listeners? Hey, you know, there's a lot going on in the state. It's, yeah. it's, it's because of you and your tax dollars. Yeah. Uh, I'm proud of a lot of it. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of some of it, but we're going to get there. Well, you are doing great work, and I appreciate you. And come back anytime you have anything you want to share. Any, any, uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, you know, my number's everywhere. It's uh, 843-458-0844. And I tell people that's the only phone I have. So if you dial it, I'll answer. Oh, you're a brave man. And uh, <laughs> Representative Bailey, thanks for coming on board. Thanks for all the great work that you do. Keep it up and let us know how we can help you. Thank you all so much. Okay, very good. Folks, it's Representative William Bailey from uh, North Myrtle Beach, member of the South Carolina House, keeping up uh, the good fight in Columbia for you and for all South Carolina. Carolina. Folks, uh, stick with us after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Dependable service. DependableService.com We're here for you seven days a week Our expert knowledge can't be beat When you need it done right, we can guarantee Dependable service For your plumbing and air, you deserve a team Who makes quality a priority Hard working and honest, our name is our promise Dependable service DependableService.com. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839 839- 9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese, you've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. 
stand and deliver But not a word you heard was true And if there's nothing you can say There may be nothing you can do Do you want to be a free man Or do you want to be a slave Do you want to wear these chains until you're lying in the grave? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. That's a little Eric Clapton here on Saturday Morning Coffee. The song is Stand and Deliver. I actually read about Stand and Deliver in the Epoch Times. Great little piece, Stand and Deliver. Uh, Do you want to be a free man or do you want to be a slave? That is the question of the day, folks. I, for one, choose to be free. And if you're listening to the words uh, coming out of my mouth right now, you choose the same. Uh, Do you want to be a free man? Do you want to be a slave? Do you want to wear these chains until you're lying in the grave? I don't want to be a pauper. I don't want to be a prince. I want to do my job playing the blues for friends. Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, the Constitution, what's it worth? You know they're going to grind us down uh, until it really hurts. Is this a sovereign nation or just a police state? You better look out, people, before it gets too late. You better look out, folks, before it gets too late. Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, indeed. Is this a sovereign nation or a police state? Uh, Eric Clapton, and actually the song by Eric Clapton, performed just there by Eric Clapton, uh, being written by Van Morrison. So, uh, well, who would have known that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who so, thought that? anyway, interesting uh, song. It's a, a, a an antidote to the woke uh, nonsense that is just streaming through the entertainment culture, folks. Streaming lively through the entertainment culture, but Hollywood and and the uh, recording industry is not exclusively woke, and uh, Eric Clapton is an example of that. So that's a great song. Again, it's called Stand and Deliver, and uh, he's also uh, he's uh, just released a couple of songs. You can find that on uh, YouTube. I'll post a link to it on the page uh, as well. But again, written by Van Morrison, performed by Eric Clapton. Great song, great lyrics. And, of course, he's talking about the, uh, the lockdowns that have been so prevalent, in, particularly in Britain. And I didn't realize this, but he will not play to a concert where vaccination is required to be admitted. So he's, wow. he's, wow. Uh, he's doing all kinds of things to, uh, to stand up to that uh, culture. A lot uh, to talk about today that we have not had a chance to get to, folks. We are, as always, not going to get to everything. I wanted to share with you all a story from Starbucks and how woke culture is uh, taking over the uh, Starbucks. We're not going to get to that, unfortunately, today. We'll save that for next week. The great story in the Epoch Times about how a barista has quit her job uh, with Starbucks simply because the employment with Starbucks, the environment there at Starbucks has become too uh, difficult, too challenging. Woke. Yeah, too woke. And you can't maintain uh, an independent uh, political viewpoint and continue to be employed by Starbucks. So Hmm. 
that is a that's a real problem, uh, folks. And and so Starbucks and many other companies are really just uh, over the top. One of the things we have not had a chance to talk to. Did you realize, Glenn, that Joe Biden is going to be inducted into the uh, <laughs> Hall of Presidents? At, at, at Disney World? Yeah, at Disney World. The okay, well. uh, Hall of Presidents at Disney World. Okay. Now we'll have Joe Biden. Hall of Presidents has a new resident. This according to the Orlando Sentinel. The animatronic version of Joe Biden has been moved to the Magic Kingdom attraction. Official uh, opening will occur in August. Uh, I can't wait to hear the voice track. Interestingly enough, the Magic Kingdom and the Hall of Presidents turns 50 this wow. year. So uh, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And uh, he said during each transition of leaders, Disney has been consistent about its need for time to complete a new figure for an incoming president. In August of 74, the company denied it had been planning ahead for Richard Nixon's resignation or prepping its first replacement animatronic. It will be produced in California. It will take several, several months. A Disney spokesman told the Sentinel about the Gerald Ford figure on the day Nixon left office. The reason it takes so long is because they insist on complete authenticity. It took two years to make the Washington through Nixon lineup for the opening of the Magic Kingdom. Uh, hmm. Later that week, Disney said an authentic wig would be made in Guatemala for Ford's figure. The 1974 Orlando Sentinel story about Blaine Gibson noted that he's the sculptor, that Disney had meticulous details about the new president, including his shoe size and his waist. He was a 38, rather large gentleman, Gerald Ford. Gibson was responsible for making all presidents through George W. Bush. The Imagineer died in 2015 at age 97. The president's... uh, didn't talk much before Bill Clinton took office, usually just nodding or gesturing gesturing for their moment in the spotlight. But uh, Barack Obama took the oath of office and gave an additional speech. In the Obama version of the hall, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington also spoke. Uh, talks about uh, Lawrence Dobkin was the long-term narrator. Then Maya Angelou had a turn, and Morgan Freeman also had a turn <clears throat> as narrator. Uh, some people claim that Trump's reign in uh, presidential hall was truncated. That is actually not true. His reign was uh, 11 months. Uh, his, his reign started in December 2017, 11 months after he was sworn in. And so his uh, reign ran through January 2021 when Biden took office three years and one month. Nixon was uh, in office the day the Hall of Presidents opened, but his time in office was less than three years. And Ford's time in office was less than that, August Hmm. 74 to January of 77. Then it talks about uh, the remainder of the Ford family and their reaction to uh, seeing him in the Hall of Presidents. And it said, my daughter Susan has, this is Ford, Susan Mm -hmm. said, hopes to, uh, Ford said he hoped to see it uh, myself after November as president. But it says, instead, Disney started making plans for a Jimmy Carter Figure, but here's a, a a trivia question. We'll share with our listeners uh, the first uh, uh, correct person, correct answer on the text line. There are 46 presidents, but only 45 animatronic versions in the Hall of Presidents. Mm, somebody was eliminated. Yes. Who can tell us why? Who can tell us why? Mm. So we've got a prize pack for the first person who can give <clears throat> us an answer why there are only 45 animatronic presidents. <laughs> In the Hall of Presidents. Do you ever see my picture of shaking President Ford's hand with Betty Ford outside the Oval Office? I have not seen that. Kissed uh, Betty Ford on the cheek, wanted to whisper in her ear, but she turned for me to kiss her on the cheek, so I did. 
and I wasn't tackled by Secret Service. I was fifteen. You weren't. You weren't tackled. Fifteen years old. That's pretty gutsy. Um, so, uh, so yes, there are forty-five presidents. This was interesting, and uh, there were. I was going to play for y'all the audio, but we have simply run out of time. But uh, of course, they'll have to decide what uh, audio track that Biden will say as the president in the Hall of Presidents. And did you hear the town hall on CNN? Uh, I saw parts of it. I did. Oh my gosh! We were going to play that audio on the program today, folks, because it it really is just laughably funny. Yeah. I mean, it is just laughably. They love him. I, I can't believe this guy's president. They love him. Some some and, they and Don Lamont is. Oh, you mean the FDA? Oh, you mean what? Do you, I mean, he's looking Don leading Lamont, him. Yeah, yeah. Don Lamont is looking at him like I'm going to try to guess where you thought you were going with that question. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had been on that stage babbling like that? They would have crucified him. And ah, the 25th Amendment. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Do we have an, do we, I don't think we have an answer. No, no, no. Uh, no, but I do have an in-studio answer, it looks like. Uh, an um, in-studio answer. Yeah. Well, uh, can, can, we've only got, a, gosh, a minute and 20 seconds left. Um, well, maybe we'll have to save it for uh, next week. How about that? If we okay. don't get an answer this week, we'll try again next week. And we'll, uh, I think Tom here, he got it, I think. You think Tom? Tom Heron joining us here in the studio, folks. He's uh, up with America coming up right after uh, this uh, program. Hope you'll stick with us. And so, folks, we do not have a winner. By the way, last week, Jackie mm-hmm. won a prize on the program. Right. That is still at the front desk at Davis and Boyd, Jackie, because you said you were going to stop by and pick it up. So if you will swing by the office, it's there waiting for you. It was a coffee mug and coffee. So you've got a Saturday morning coffee, coffee mug waiting for you. Folks, D- let me. Dave just answered it. Dave did. What's Dave got? Cleveland. Cleveland. Grover. Grover Cleveland was elected president twice in 1884 and 1892. Because they are not consecutive terms, historians consider Cleveland to be both the 22nd and the 24th president. So, Dave, way to go. You're a winner. Need your info, Dave. Need your info. Folks, that's uh, another episode of Saturday Morning Coffee in the Can. Hope you guys have a great weekend, great day. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Call. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.